This Healing Feeling had the privilege of interviewing Santa, a remarkable individual who triumphed over severe chronic fatigue, chronic pain, POTS, MCAS and more. Enduring four years of being bedridden, she has now reclaimed her life. In this captivating conversation, Santa shares her journey of taking patient responsibility for her condition. She reveals a crucial decision to distance herself from forums and articles that painted these conditions as incurable, recognising the necessity of maintaining hope for transformative change. As a mother of three, Santa forced the unwelcome intrusion of illness, especially after a recent house move. Health, however, spares no one, leading her down a path of sickness and ultimately confinement to her bed. The Santa I met today radiates health and healing, a testament to her personal struggle that has transformed into that has transformed her into a life dedicated to serving others. Her story is a powerful reminder that personal battles can evolve into beacons of inspiration and service to the community. I hope you enjoy this interview. Hello and welcome to this healing feeling and today I'm super excited to be meeting someone who embodies the story, the, one of the stories of hope that I hope that we will be sharing um, on this podcast. Um, as as you may know, I mean, uh, I'm someone who was diagnosed with a health condition when I was 17 and it was pretty damning. And my journey of health and discovery has done a lot of been a lot of sort of searching the internet, looking for people who actually said, you know, actually, yes, I have, I've healed myself and, and could demonstrate through their stories that there were opportunities, chances, alternatives and the rest. And so today I have with me a lovely, delightful, engaging lady called Santa. And would you like to be known as Santa on the podcast? Yeah. yeah. And she has actually recovered from four years of being bedridden with chronic fatigue syndrome, which I think is now almost, a, a, I don't know what the thing is, across the country, so many people have fatigue and chronic fatigue is such a sentence on your life because it, it's absolutely overwhelming. But um, let's get into it. So Santa, tell me a bit about yourself, you know, what's your story? Uh, you know, so um, I think like many people, I didn't quite realize before I got hit with uh, the most horrible, you know, chronic fatigue syndrome and other many different debilitating symptoms that I was leading a normal life. There was nothing unusual. You know, my childhood was pretty normal. Everything seemed to be pretty normal. Uh, but then only after I'd gotten sick uh, and started looking into reasons why I got sick in the first place, that's when I realized actually there were many things in my life that definitely contributed to me getting sick. Uh, and now the time has come for me to change them. Um, and um, yeah, uh, so <laughs> uh, there have been many things in my childhood, in my adult life uh, that definitely have played a huge role in me getting sick. That's that's super interesting to hear because, as you say, a lot of people, we're just living our lives and we're just taking on whatever happens, big trauma, little trauma. And then at some point, the body almost kind of sort of says, aha, no that you you've got to stop you've got to just take a breath and we're gonna we're gonna make you listen to us and uh chronic fatigue seems to be one of those sort of um, sort of um illnesses or i think it's rather cancer illness rather disease um that actually does make the individual just kind of go whoa hang on no i, I can't function anymore and and so for you, what what would the was so let's let's say what was the day like when you first felt really ill? Let's start at that point, the kind of the moment of noticing. Yeah, so um, I guess a few months prior to me literally becoming bedridden twenty four seven, I came down with a cold, then another cold, uh, you know, and um, one particular cold seemed to be. Um, like harsher than normal cold um, and yeah it just took everything out of me I felt very tired and then afterwards even though I did recover um, I just felt the sense of fatigue that I'd never previously felt in my life 
So I would be sitting on a sofa and at that time um, we were moving house and I literally had to go in the kitchen and pack a few boxes and it was just small stuff, nothing major, you know, but I felt so exhausted and tired that I couldn't even stand up from my sofa and go to the kitchen. I was like, you know, something is going on. I'm feeling really exhausted to the point I can't stand up. I can't do simple things. Something is not right. But then that sort of went and then came back, went and came back. It wasn't anything major at that point. And then after a few months, um, after we finally moved, um, just one day, literally suddenly, um, I went out, I came back home and I just told my husband, you know, I'm feeling so tired. I don't know what's going on, you know, um, something must be happening. Then another virus came uh, into my life. Um, and that again lasted for maybe two weeks or so. And I never seemed to be able to recover from that. I felt constantly fatigued. Um, and slowly but surely within a few days and weeks, um, I became fully bedridden, couldn't stand up, couldn't walk, couldn't do anything, couldn't go out. Uh, and it was very scary. Um, I didn't know what was happening and at that point um it was six months after I'd just given birth to my third child as well uh, so you know it was it was just so terrible and so hard for me for my family for everybody and nobody knew what was going on oh my goodness so yeah I mean you, you know you're you're doing some one of the most stressful things in life they say divorce moving house and, and death <laughs> and you're in the middle of that process and suddenly you're just your energy is just sapped from you and then your immune system just stops being your friend you're being hit by infections and viruses and colds and which leads to suddenly your life going from one of being an active mummy I'd imagine to now being a, a patient to being in bed and being barely able to to function mm-hmm. um how did that affect you mentally oh well you know at first when it lasted one month I thought you know okay some viruses can last a month a few months um I can get through it it's fine um then it was another month and another month and then you know I I, I didn't understand anymore what exactly was going on I, I was trying to find answers uh, I was going to hospital you know, many times I went to uh, the emergency department quite a few times because I felt so horrible and I had pain like in different parts of my body I had, I don't know, maybe 20 different symptoms and nothing could explain, explain you know, the, the, the general doctor couldn't explain it. So, um, yeah, it became like, um, you know, a frequent visitor to the emergency department to the point where they told me, you know, look, there's nothing wrong with you. All the tests are fine. Um, And now I actually remember that one of the doctors there, he said, well, you know, you've just had a virus, you will recover soon. It seems something like um, post-viral fatigue, but there's nothing to worry about and this will just go away. And I, at that time, I didn't even know what post-viral fatigue meant. I didn't know that it's actually chronic fatigue syndrome is the same thing. I didn't know that it could take you out for months and years uh, I didn't know how to come out of it um, and I, I was just left without any answers explanations but everybody told me you know it will go away soon but it wasn't going away month after month after month year and then one year turned into four years oh my goodness and in and I suppose it's one of those things isn't it we we grow up believing that when we're sick we should seek help from doctors and the medical profession and like as always, I should mention on this podcast, we're not medically, I'm not medically trained. And I, you should always, if you've got anything wrong with you, go and see a member of the medical profession. However, there comes a point where sometimes they cannot provide a solution or an answer to the patient. And at that point, really, it's like a game of tennis, the ball's batted back into your court, isn't it? And it's up to you then to sort of say, well, hang on, what's up? What can I do about it? And so, you know, you're in bed, you're not feeling great what what kind of what led to the epiphany that it was going to be need to be you that sort of stepped into the role of responsibility in your healing journey uh, I think that whole process it was a journey that literally took me a few years uh probably at least two years because um 
well, at first I was just going to every professional, every doctor I could think of. I was doing all the tests under the sun because I needed to figure out. It felt so horrible that I was telling them, you know, it seems like it's something really serious because I feel so horrible. So, you know, please help me, please help me to find out what exactly is going on. Uh, but then nobody was giving me those answers. And then the more then I started reading about what it could be, which is the chronic fatigue syndrome. Um, I became really desperate and I lost pretty much all my hope because the majority of things that I'd read, um, as you know, in forums, articles and everywhere else, they say that, you know, a, a small majority of people recover. Most don't. You just have to live with it, uh, learn to live with it, with your symptoms to pace and, uh, you know, and so on. But basically that this is your destiny now. And I just felt like, wow, you know, so this this will be me for the rest of my life. Um, and yeah, uh, because I was hearing conflicting information from, you know, this person, that person. And um, after about maybe a year, um, I heard something about, you know, some bits and pieces about mind-body healing. Um, and I think the first thing I actually uh, heard about was um, something about neuro-linguistic programming, I think. Mm -hmm. And it sounded very woo woo to me at that time you know and i was like well what, how is that going to heal me this yeah. is not <laughs> help me at all uh i'm not even going to look into it but with time months passed by and i became more and more desperate i did look into this and that but nothing seriously and um i think because i didn't um didn't really try hard enough to understand how exactly these things work what exactly is going on with my body uh, mm -hmm. and I couldn't even find this information anywhere because I was just blasted with you know the the the, the forums and everything the articles that that just um, leave you with no hope really um, and yeah so th this is how it went on sorry I, I forgot your question no and don't worry and and I, I think what's kind of interesting is I you know both of us have got this sort of sort of thing and you you're on the other side of it I'm still in it and it's a very natural thing to forget the beginning of a question and especially when you're sick you beat yourself up about it and then you meet people on the street and they're they're not sick and they forget what they're talking about so we're fine um, <laughs> but yeah I mean so it, it, it's that whole thing of actually alternative practices when you first come into contact or start hearing about them there is an element of woo-woo to them and and it, it's nice now that I think we are all becoming a little bit more open-minded to, I mean, this, I mean, even today, another hypnotherapy app appeared on my Facebook wall feed. And, and, you know, if that happened 10 years ago, I'd have been like, what, what's that? Whereas now I think, great, actually here is an affordable way for people to get into doing something that will help with their mind and their programming and their, the way that they're looking at their health or their fasting or whatever. Um, and so, you heard about NLP and was that the one that kind of first of all sort of attracted your attention or was there something else that you kind of you went towards how did your healing journey start on that um I heard about it and um like I said I didn't believe in it didn't understand what it was so I just left it you know I I um you know, I, I printed a whole book about it. Somebody sent me and they said, you know, go through it. It's really good. Uh, it was actually, an, I think, an osteopath. Um, that's another thing that I tried, which, you know, I just tried everything, hoping that it helped me. Yeah. And I think that was the person who recommended it to me. But, I, I, you know, I just printed off the book. I couldn't actually even read because my brain fog was oh. terrible. I couldn't read. I couldn't write. Uh, I couldn't think most of the time. And they, they, I actually had a few months where I couldn't even talk. You know, I could just say like one or two words a day and that would be me because I felt so fatigued. Uh, and I know people, um, uh, if they've never experienced this, they can't really understand uh, yeah. what, what, what it's like. But it's it's literally when your body goes into a freeze state and it's all your muscles your brain everything your whole system um, and there's something that is going on and um, the more I think I then um, when I lie there in my bed and I um, just thought about my life and um, you know different relationships and everything else I realized that you know a lot of things in my past had led me to the point where I was then and so 
this was actually the first thing that I started addressing, which could be, you know, um, described as a mind body tool because it's not anything traditional. And this is something um, that um, I talk about a lot. Um, you know, uh, with people that I help and just generally when I do interviews or anything. But I think the, f- the very first thing was me learning what, what it means to have healthy boundaries and setting them um, and practicing them. And this was a huge, huge leap, you know, in my journey uh, that helped me on my, re- you know, in my recovery. Uh, that was massive. And that was the first thing. And then together with that intertwined was me looking into different traumas. What were the different big or small, but repeating consistent traumatic experiences in my life that contributed to all this. And slowly but surely, I sort of started understanding, okay, so it was this chain of events that actually brought me to where I am now, where, like you said, my body just stopped and it said, no more, we can't deal with this anymore, you know, I can't go on like this anymore. Incredible. And it's almost as though this shutting down of your body was almost kind of saying, you're not going to know that you need to do these things or have the time or the space to be thinking about these things unless I take you out of everything that's keeping you so busy. Um, and that realisation that all of the time that has come before you being ill was kind of building up, you know, a sort of tension or whatever in the body. And then that virus or whatever it was just suddenly just, you know, started to, to get to you. And when you were looking back at the trauma that had happened in your life, um, did you feel that the moving of the house had triggered something in your past that then kind of led to these sort of um, colds and flus? Or was that just sort of by the by? Um, I think the moving of the house was just like um, a physically exhausting thing and the virus that I got when I was in the house or before but uh, these were just literally triggers Uh, but of course the root causes of what happened Um, and so I can't say that one event was that thing it was a combination of small things and some of them were big things and together they created the perfect storm, you know, um, and some of them were not traumatic, perhaps experiences, but um, very exhausting. For example, you know, having children, not sleeping for years, uh, but also together with that, it was, um, let's say, I had insomnia from uh, different traumatic experiences as well yes. and it was like you know like a lot of things yeah all together um but mainly the different traumas that I've been through uh, in my life that literally yeah just um uh, ended up in me <laughs> becoming bedridden and like you said you know um it's you know my, my body couldn't go go on any longer like this and it just had to stop and you're right in saying that um, I wouldn't even look into things like boundaries, um, mm-hmm. brain rewiring, somatic work, which is something that I added later on, um, looking into my traumas, healing from them, changing different things in my life, like different relationships. Um, unless that happened, none of this would have changed. So, you know, yeah. th- this is a huge thing that I'm grateful for. But of course, when you are in that spot and, you know, I wish that I would would have learned these things without becoming bedridden, but this is the way it happened. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. One of the things you realise when you're really sick is that you wouldn't wish your sickness on even people that you really dislike or don't get on with in this world, you know, and not that actually there's many of those these days. Um, but it's it's one of those situations, isn't it, that you, um, you've, you've got this health challenge, you're now looking at, you know, looking back at your history and the traumas that you've been through. And as you said, they don't need to be big traumas. They can be little things, but it all builds up. Insomnia, um, children, stresses of life. And so from being in this bedridden state, how did you start to kind of work self-care into your into your life? Self-care routines like thinking about these traumas and dealing with them. Um, so I think... Um... Uh, like I mentioned already, the very first thing was setting boundaries. And this is mm-hmm. a very huge 
part uh, and I even say that it's about 50% of my recovery you know and this is a big part of having self-care and having respect for your body your mind your emotions all kinds of things you know Uh, because that changes everything that changes your relationship with your own self your body that changes relationship with others around you um and that has a massive impact on your life um but yes i wasn't um when i was in that state i wasn't able to actually do much stuff physically uh you know to take care of myself or anything and my husband literally had to do everything for me uh, but i think that at the point where i finally started to take mind body healing seriously and i um, learned more about what exactly it meant how exactly these conditions come about uh, and slowly but surely you know i, I started to see improvements um, it did take me still let's say one whole year uh, to mm. get to the point where i improved a lot but um, when i for example, started to do brain retraining. Um, within a few months, I, I, I saw improvements straight away. Uh, but you need to have, you know, consistent and you need to do consistent small steps. Yeah. And this is what leads you to have and then a big result that everybody's talking about, every, everybody wants. Uh, mm. Because I just want to make sure that people don't think that recovery is that one day transformation that's not how it works and i think that's how it might seem to others especially you know on different social media so yeah Mm. recovery is um uh is um it it can be a long thing um but also what i say is that i don't believe that recovery is when you are free from symptoms because Mm -hmm. everybody in this world has symptoms even Mm -hmm. chronic symptoms you know Uh, sometimes we have you know if you have a headache five times a year is that a chronic symptom well yes it is you know (laughs) Um, it's not ruling over your life Uh, and uh, it's the mindset um and what you do with things like boundaries and how you approach your traumas and how you heal from them these are the main things that define recovery for me um Mm -hmm. and so actually when i was still bedridden about um i don't know a year a year ago i was still in bed um i actually already uh, you know stated this to myself and to other people that i was recovered because this is how i felt because i knew at that time that my mind and my mindset and everything were on point you know uh, my brain knew exactly what to do how to get uh, to the place of uh, having lots of improvements i was making progress um and i knew that yes my mindset was in the right place i can recover i know how to recover and this is just a matter of time um, so, recovery is not um uh, so i don't re- so i just want to encourage people so they don't think that recovery is when I'm able to walk five kilometers or whatever. That yeah. that doesn't have to be the case. No. Yes, and I it's interesting. You, um, I mean, uh, one thing that's become apparent to me is that healing. I think you could could say healing is not the destination. Healing's the, healing's the journey, not the destination. It's actually part of the life progression. It's one of the sort of the chapters or, or a couple of the chapters that you're going to have in your existence, where really. You're coming to terms with your body, what it's capable of, and how you can make the best of what it's allowing you to do. Um, and and I'm not saying that it's impossible to heal, you know, from a lot of your symptoms. But as you say, there will be times where your body's just going to be triggered, isn't it? And you're going to get a headache or you're going to feel that fatigue again. But the difference will probably be between being bedridden for a few years and actually deciding you're going to need naps as part of your self-care cycle or your self-care tools um so i i love the fact that you're you're in bed but you're already saying you're healed and you're telling people that you're better how did you what did you kind of decide you were going to do with your life when you were better did you have a goal a vision was there something that you thought hang on i'm going to change things what am i going to go and do yeah so in terms of um like I talked about boundaries, I already knew that um, uh, relationships in my life will look different. Some relationships I might have to let go of. Um, there will be 
um, a very different version of me in terms of because um, I learned how to feel acutely what my body is telling me, the different signals, different triggers, uh, how it just feels somatically, you know, there are many things we don't even notice. So, for example, when I was in bed for many years, um, just after about three years, it only clicked in my head and I noticed it for the very first time that uh, my breathing was shallow, very, very shallow and fast. And I n- never noticed it in my whole life, but especially in those three years um, uh, when, you know, I was feeling highly anxious 24-7. My nervous system was all very sensitive to everything, you know. Um, I had pain from light coming into my eyes, from noise coming into my ears, uh, from the even light touch everything would cause me pain uh, and yeah so yeah and, it, and I just remember still this moment where I I understood that this is how I'm breathing mm-hmm. and at this point now um, I'm just so in touch with my body that I notice you know um, pretty much sometimes not, not of course not always but pretty much mm-hmm. straight away when I have tension in some of my muscles uh, I have a headache coming up uh, and I can probably trace it to, okay, it's because of this certain emotion or because maybe I did too much screen time, you know? And mm-hmm. um, so, um, yeah, I guess to answer your question about what I also wanted to do is, yeah, I knew that my life would look very different. I would know how to respect my own boundaries much mm-hmm. better that will change my relationships with other people, with my surroundings. Um, and also, when, um, just about a year, year and a half ago, I think, when I was in bed and I was thinking, you know, if this whole thing works, mind-body healing, if I actually do heal, I would really love to be able to pass this on other people and oh, teach them wow. exactly the same, you know? And yeah. that was one of the things I was just thinking about. Uh, because you know i just i i, I love helping people i like oh you know, <laughs> I, I just like it and um yeah so i thought if it ever comes to a point that i recover me knowing just how horrible it is to feel the way i do i would really want to help other people to come out of the state um because i know that it is possible and i you know i will know exactly what to do and this is thankfully, you know, thank God this is what happened, you yeah. know, and I'm just so grateful for this, that now this experience is allowing me to pass on these tools and to know exactly how to help people in this situation. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. So even when, you know, you're going through all of this physical trauma of being ill, you're now thinking, actually, can I give back? Can I learn from this experience? If there is a glimmer of hope that I can heal myself, will I be able to? Can I pass this on? Can I help others? And that is just so incredibly selfless, so incredibly kind. Um, Because in a world where, yes, we have the joys of technology where I could find you and, you know, we could organize this interview, There are support groups and some of them are great, but there are also support groups where unfortunately there is a lot of negativity because part of being sick and ill is that it does affect your mood. It does affect your ability to be positive and and kind of engage. And so a lot of people join groups or forums and then feel even worse because they're seeing these people who are further on in their journeys and no better than they are. So actually, the the power of someone like yourself is massive because actually now it's like a beacon lighting up that people can say hang on look what she's doing how is she doing it that's the life she's living could that be me yes it could why why might it not be i mean the only thing that holds us back in life on the whole is fear and fear of what might come from a situation that changes um and I will be at some point dealing in an episode about how the fear of being well, because that can be scary, especially if it's felt very safe to be sick. Um, but so you, you'd been ill, you'd had these sort of epiphanies, you decided you wanted to help others. So is that what you're doing now? Are you running courses, working one-on-one with people? How does your life look? Um, yeah, so, I mean... <laughs> 
uh, also, you know, when I, I was bedridden and I was looking at the many different social media accounts and everything, and um, many of them were really unhelpful where the people would be spreading the, um, you know, the, the message of there is no hope, you will never recover. Uh, this is your life now and just um, understandably being angry at the doctors at others who would tell them you know well you just need to do this x y and z and you will recover because i've been in that place and i still receive messages like this where you know people tell me that well you definitely didn't have cfs because you can't recover from this um, and you know that feels painful to me because i have, I have been there you know yeah. i was where I thought I was literally dying uh, because, uh, you know, not just because of the different symptoms, but also uh, when you are deprived of everything, you know, um, uh, I didn't have, uh, I couldn't absorb any nutrients because all my bodily systems just weren't working well. Mm. Um, I didn't receive any vitamin D, so no sunlight. And because I wasn't absorbing anything that I taken a supplement form you know no sunlight for four years what what would this do to a person uh, physically mentally emotionally Whoa, yes. uh, you know all these things and um, so yeah literally I did feel uh, at the end stages like I feel like I'm dying mm. uh, and I know that sadly there are people who even passed passed away from this because you know the, the, this is not a joke these are serious conditions but I believe and I know that if doctors and patients were educated from the get-go, you know, oh. uh, the time that you're born, maybe in school, university, about all these things, you know, mind-body tools, how chronic conditions come about, about traumas, then there wouldn't be millions of people now in bed, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I completely understand for people who are still in bed and they've heard this message all their lives, you know, about the traditional medicine and all of that, and they see that, well, most people do not recover, mm. of course, they start to lose hope. And that was me as well. That's why I'm, again, repeating myself and saying that, you know, I've been in your shoes and I know exactly how it feels like. Yes. But that's why even more so I want to provide that message of hope. And so um, uh, to get back to the topic, when I was talking about looking at different accounts, some of them were very mm. unhelpful. And but I was really drawn to them, uh, mm-hmm. you know, because I agreed with them. Like I was very mm-hmm. angry. Uh, I didn't like that, you know, doctors didn't understand me. They couldn't provide any treatment. Um, but then, when everything changed, and I realized that there are some things that I can do to actually help myself, mm-hmm. that healing, uh, that there are other people who have healed, that this is my responsibility. Then everything mm-hmm. shifted. You know, and there was no longer this anger that, you know, yeah. doctors are responsible for me because I'm responsible for my own health yes. uh, in this instance. So, uh, and that is also a very empowering thing uh, to know. Uh, and there were many accounts that I followed of people who recovered and they were incredibly helpful. Yes. And this was one of the thoughts that crossed uh, my mind, you know. Uh, I felt really uncomfortable being on camera. Um, doing any of that social media stuff because I'm actually an introvert. I don't like really being the center of attention or anything like this, which some people do like and they enjoy it. Um, so um, it took me about a year uh, to even get the courage to make a video and to um, uh, create my Instagram channel and everything. Yeah. Just felt within me that, you know, I have to spread this message. That there will be people who will connect with the way I explain things, you know, because we're all different. Mm-hmm. Um, I have many things to add to this community, I feel. Um, and, um, you know, yeah, I just want them to to, to be encouraged by what I'm, what I'm spreading. And so, uh, and so I started to talk to people. Um, well, first I started to upload many videos, you know. Uh, try to upload as many as possible uh, while balancing having three children and, uh, you know, <laughs> leading my life and uh, trying at that point still to come out of the different symptoms that I was having. I was still spending um, probably most of my time in bed when I started my account, which was um, around a year ago. Um and yeah, I was talking to people, I was doing the different free consultations whenever I had the time, then it turned into, okay, 
um, now I'm going to do paid consultations. Brilliant. Uh, and um, yeah, because I think this is, um, again, a very brilliant business idea as well. Um, yes. Helping people. Uh, and I have used, um, you know, individual coaches, group coaches. Mm -hmm. I have um, gone through many different courses. And these are the many different things that helped me. So mm -hmm. um, this is a very valuable thing <laughs> I feel to totally. do. Totally. Uh, uh, and yeah, so, um, I mean, in the future, it is my hope to definitely create some sort of program or course because, again, I feel that all of them are very different. They cover things differently. Uh, they're, bu they're built for different audiences. And, um, you know, uh, there is a way that I feel things need to be done and I want to show it to people, you know, because this is exactly what I feel. Uh, and I have seen in other people whom, with whom I work as one-on-one -on -one clients, for example, in coaching, it helps them to recover as well. Mm -hmm. Some things that are missing, for example, from the mind-body community is uh, there's not a, a huge emphasis on boundaries, yeah. which, again, I, I, I'm personally saying that it should be, and it will be like a 50% of priority. Priority and recovery journey. Mm. Uh, and people need to really concentrate on that because it's not just about using the tools. Because, you know, it's um, things like somatics and brain retraining and all of that. All of that is great um, and amazing. But I feel um, these are more tools that would be much more helpful and they would help you to um, recover fully and have a long lasting impact if you actually deal with the deeper root causes as well mm. of how you interact with your own body yeah. uh, how you interact with people around you with your environment and all these different things mm. so um, yes now i do one-on-one -on -one coaching and um, i have actually by the time this interview probably comes out uh, my workbook i have created a workbook oh, uh, on um, unveiling fixed beliefs that are mm. unhelpful uh, because this was yet another huge part of my recovery and everybody that I work with as well. Uh, and again, I feel there's probably not enough emphasis emphasis on this particular um, topic in the community because again, if you use the tools, but mm -hmm. in your subconscious mind, you haven't really worked on eliminating unhelpful fixed beliefs about yeah. what recovery looks like why would you recover you know mm -hmm. what you know what, what does it mean to recover uh, how do these tools work and you know all kinds of things mm -hmm. um the tools will not be effective no <laughs> and this is what i believe and this is what i have seen and because also um you know as your as demand grows as your audience grows i want to provide different options for people who mm -hmm. for example afford their one-on-one -on -one coaching um they can have this workbook as a very yes solid starting point to them Brilliant. yeah uh, yeah so this is what i do now <laughs> fantastic absolutely fantastic and I, is it i think thing about the world we live in now is that due to the joy of the internet i think i've pressed that four times during this interview um there is every opportunity for people to find the right person to work with the right person who's experienced what they have and um i was listening to a, a, a podcast today about psychiatry and they were saying about how it's important. It's not the type of um, sort of mind um, work you do. It's about actually having a rapport with the person you're working with, whether it's being a mentor, a coach, a doctor, a practitioner, or whatever. And so the people who find you and who resonate with your experience are going to be the best people to actually, well, they have the best chance of healing because you'll have been through the same things and you'll be able to help them navigate the healing journey with what you've learned and boundaries is something which I must say hasn't come up at all and I think is is huge because as you say there's your boundaries of your body there's the environment your boundary with others if you've got deep set um, beliefs about or insecurities or low self-worth and someone comes along and treats you badly if you haven't sorted those things out you're decimated um and i think especially with women who can be quite well not everyone but women in particular can be quite empathic and cat bomber in the background um <laughs> but photo bomber not literal bomber um uh, can be really sort of taking on other people's energy and so you have to protect yourself don't you and look after you because if 
if you don't love yourself, if you don't work on yourself, you can't love the people that you love in a, as much as you possibly can because you're still sorting out your your kind of stuff. And um, no, this workbook sounds fantastic. And I think this this is the the interview that I will have right at the beginning of the podcast because it really gives such a, a vision of what can be achieved if people step up, take patient responsibility, say, okay, I'm going to need to do some work on myself. I'm going to need, need to find out about some self-care tools or techniques, but I'm also going to need to think about my mind as well as my body and spirit as well, if that's something that resonates with you. And in your life now, do you, do you have um, sort of any sort of daily habits that you find super useful that kind of keep you on it? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I, I am a believer, so I have a relationship with God. So um, I do pray. I read the Bible um, in terms of uh, specifically mind body tools. Um, in this last year that I was making more and more progress, I I was doing a lot of brain retraining, especially in the beginning. This is very important to be very consistent with it to the point that it becomes a habit where you don't need to think about it anymore it just comes to you automatically like this when you whenever you experience a symptom uh and you just do the brain training mm. uh, and your body and your mind um will start to feel safer and safer with time and the less symptoms are had uh, the more improvements are made um these sort of mind body tools really went away almost you know completely now i would maybe sometimes use them um if i uh you know if i feel i've truly really pushed myself a bit too much not in terms of so i'm not talking about you know when you push yourself when you have chronic fatigue syndrome and then sadly you can't do anything i'm just talking generally uh, in life and this is where again those boundaries come in uh, because now i feel much more acutely where you know, I've had too much t um, screen time. I've had too much uh, social socialization. Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, whatever it might be, uh, I just need to be alone right now, um, yes. and so I'm able to do these things. And one of the things is, for example, spending time by myself and prioritizing this, mm. which I wasn't able to do, and I didn't feel it was important, and I didn't because I wasn't in touch with my body um, and my boundaries. Um, I didn't understand that I needed it, that I created, that this is a normal thing, that everybody needs some space and time by themselves where they can recover and restore. So this is one thing that I do. And again, um, if you're in a circumstance where, for example, you have children or you have a demanding job or whatever it is where you feel like, okay, well, you tell me to do this, but I'm not able to do it. Mm. Um so I'm not talking about you having to spend five hours by yourself every day because um, every yes. small thing will literally help you. So yes. even if you're able for 10 minutes to just tune out of the whole world, and this is what I tell my clients as well when I work, work with them one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, so in the midst of your work day, for example, you're mm. working, just take those 10 minutes where you, you're not listening to any meditation. Please don't do, don't do it at that time. You're obviously not scrolling on the internet. You're not calling your friend. You literally, um, you're literally just going to rest, to switch off your mind, to, um, sorry about this, uh, to, um, to try not to have any stimulation because this is the time when your brain will restore yourself you know it's not just the sleep time that we need it's also in, in in the day especially in the modern day where information is blasted at us like this yeah. you have to be able to be disciplined and to set limits and again i'm talking not from a point of view of i'm perfect and i do everything perfectly because i fail every day uh, but because i fail i'm yeah. asking you and encouraging you please don't fail <laughs> i'm not able to set healthy boundaries sometimes sometimes yeah. i don't set limits sometimes i go overboard but the beauty of this healing work as well is mm -hmm. that um you know now i my nervous system is able to deal with these things so uh, for example today i didn't sleep well and then i you know i feel maybe i'm coming down with a cold or whatever but i'm still able to function and this is amazing this is something that mm. 
never been done when I when you know I had CFS, uh, even if you have it mild, let's say, or, or moderate, uh, it is just something like a, you know, something that you could just dream about. Um, so yeah, uh, at this point is how you, it's the ability of your nervous system to simply react to to stresses mm-hmm. when the stress is big and you knowing how to retract uh what tools to use if you need um brain retraining somatic work so uh you know even when we talk about somatic work it can sound a bit intimidating and scary as well uh, and uh, when i was in bed for example you know that oh this is you know you need to work with your body you need to move your body and it sounds like okay well this is impossible for me to do so how am i able to do it uh but even things like giving yourself a hug you know um doing very light stretching in bed where you literally put your arms out uh, just doing just a bit of shaking like this it doesn't have to be you know wild da- dancing if you're not able to do it um self massage uh, you know massaging your hands for example it's wow. all this will help you to get into your body to be in the present moment mm-hmm. to be able to also release pent up emotions yeah all of this will then make you feel better will help you to come out of a freeze response or sometimes if you're in fight or flight as well and so yeah there are different things you would do in different situations depending on what state your nervous system is in I, I hope I'm making sense yeah no absolutely and so just just to kind of um sort of focus in on some of those things you said that that idea of actually even if it's you know a couple of minutes or maybe it's 10 minutes maybe you're lucky you get 20 taking yourself out of life and kind of sitting back and saying how does my body feel what's aching you know do I do I need water do I need a walk whatever do I need something um kind of taking a moment not to be scrolling not to have information overload you know turning off your phone doing something I mean I said to someone today about having a cup of tea because even the process of boiling the kettle that's actually a few moments where you can be standing on one leg if you want to um Michael Mosley recommended that not me um but that's really really important because again you're setting this boundary you're saying hang on I know I have my mummy. I know I've got this to do. I know I've got to do. I need to make this time for myself. And then within that, you're actually learning the skill of like setting these limits, aren't you? About the boundaries, the time, listening to your body. And then once you've got this kind of awareness of how of how you feel, then you can bring in the somatic things to actually help get your body back into the parasympathetic um, system set up because. That, that's one of the largest challenges, would you say, is that actually if you're sick, you're not feeling great, your body's trying to fight for you, for your survival. And so you're, you're kind of stuck in this um, loop of, you know, um, uh, was it fight and flight. And really, if we're going to get ourselves back on the other side into the let's let's get on with our lives, we need to be calm, we need to be breathing, we need to be chilled, we need to be... Um, glasses half empty sorry half full half full not half empty <laughs> sort of being positive and having gratitude you mentioned as well for even when symptoms pop up you know you haven't slept that well you think you've got a cold coming but hey I'm not where I was a couple of years ago and I know I can get through this because I've got this toolbox of things at my fingertips that's so inspiring so inspiring thank you gosh um, thank you well, I, you've given so much today, Santa, really you have. And, oh, I, typical, I'd say to everyone, turn off technology. And, of course, there's an alarm that came up because I've been meditating. Mm. That's the person I am. I have an alarm to remind me to meditate. That's um, good. That's good. <laughs> although um, the, the, the technology recently changed and my alarm is now a little bit anxious-inducing because it's like a siren. <laughs> so, <laughs> I have to sort that one out. No emergencies here. Wow. Well, thank you so much for all you've given today. Uh, where can people find you? Is it Instagram? The second, is that the best place to, to check yes. you out? Yeah, Instagram at Santa.wellness. This is my page. Uh, I do have other pages, but this is, um, yeah, the, my main one is Instagram. This is where they can find me. Fabulous. Great. Well, I'll close the recording for now, but I fingers crossed we can catch up in a couple of months or years and see where you are then because I think it's all going to be on an upward trajectory 
Take yes. care, Santa, and thank you, thank you for today. <laughs> Key takeaways. Listen to your body. Tune into the signals your body sends and heed them as valuable messages. Respect medical guidance. While consulting medical professions is crucial, remain open to the possibility that solutions may lie beyond conventional medicine. Explore alternative therapies. Stay receptive to alternative techniques and therapies as what may not resonate initially might prove beneficial at another time. Reassess boundaries. Regularly evaluate and adjust your boundaries, recognising their importance in maintaining well-being. Evaluate relationships. Respect, reflect on which relationships nurture your growth and well-being and consider letting go of those that hinder it. Nurture hope. Hold on to hope, recognising the innate resilience and healing potential of the human body. Embrace the journey. Understand that healing is a process, not an instant fix, and celebrate every step forward along the way. Celebrate progress, acknowledge and celebrate even the smallest victories in your healing journey. Create positive influences, choose to engage with social media accounts that align with your beliefs and aspirations, fostering a supportive online environment. Finally, practice discipline and prioritisation. Focus on discipline and prioritisation to manage life's complexities effectively, avoiding overwhelm and burnout. And just coming back to celebrating progress, one thing I've found is that when in things like training a puppy, you might go out and find that, yes, certain things like heel walking might have improved, but other aspects of the puppy's improvement might not be as you would like. So when you get home, write down the positives and the same for each day, which is why I try and keep a very small, short, three, three in number gratitude list for each day, as this helps to remind me of things that I have to be grateful for. Thank you for listening to this episode of This Healing Feeling. If you've enjoyed the content, please share it with anyone who might find it useful or valuable. You will be able to find the podcast notes on the website www.thishealingfeeling.com and you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Take care, stay safe, have a great day. And remember... If you can feel it and then believe it, there's every chance that you can heal it, this healing feeling. This Healing Feeling podcast and content posted by Lucinda Roberts is presented solely for general informational, educational and entertainment purposes. The use of information on this podcast or materials linked from this podcast or website is at the user's own risk. It is not intended as a substitute for the advice of a physician, professional coach, psychotherapist or other qualified professional diagnosis or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical or mental health condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions. Thank you for listening.